there, and welcome to another episode of the Pint-Sized Podcast, where we answer your questions on WordPress and websites. I'm your host, Kelly Wise of Pint-Sized Sites. Now, the executive producers, Sonny and Scout, who happen to be my two cats, uh, they tell me we have a question from a listener about learning HTML. And the listener basically wants to know, do I need to learn HTML? And if so, where do I go to learn it? Well, as a user of WordPress, you don't need to learn HTML. And I just kind of like emphasize that a little bit. Um, You don't need to learn it, but it comes in very, very handy uh, when you're entering input and editing widgets and that sort of thing. So... I'm going to tell you, yes, you should learn a little bit of HTML. Okay. But that also brings up the question of what is HTML? Because I know not everybody listening to this is familiar with, with what HTML is. Well, HTML is an acronym. And if you've been in corporate America or the military, you know, the world engineers love their acronyms. And HTML is an acronym that stands for the hypertext markup language. And while that might seem like a mouthful of jargon, it's actually pretty descriptive for what HTML actually is. At its core, HTML is markup, right? If you've been around computers as long as I have, which is a really, really long time, and it's not likely that you have been around them that long, um, you might remember a time when word processors like WordStar, boy, am I dating myself there, Uh, required that you add code around the words and the text that you wanted to make bold or italic or bigger. So you would type a little pointy bracket and you would add a B for bold and another pointy bracket and then you would type the words you wanted in bold. Then you would follow that with another pointy bracket and a slash backslash or slash and another B to tell it to stop doing bold and then finally there was another pointy bracket. And all of that little pointy bracket stuff and all of the stuff that was inside those pointy brackets basically told the word processor and the printer that you were printing stuff out on, uh, because we didn't have a what you see is what you get sort of display yet. Um, All of that stuff inside those pointy brackets basically told the printer what to do with that text. Make it bold, make it italic, make it larger, whatever. So we were marking up the text in the documents to add styling. And that's where the markup part of that acronym comes from. HTML adds all of that markup stuff in there. So what about the hypertext? Well, you know, our old pal Miriam Webster, which is the pint-sized online dictionary of choice, um, they define hypertext as an arrangement of the information in a computer database that allows a user to get information and to go from one document to another by clicking on highlighted words or pictures. Okay, well, ignoring the database part of that definition, um, hypertext, the important part of it is you are able to go from place to place by clicking on a link. And a web page without a link is pretty insulated, insulated from the internet and it's really pretty useless. So with HTML, we can add links and we can add uh, markup that will add styling to the text. So since that HTML code is defined, we'll call it a language. 
And so you have the hypertext markup language. So back in the old days, which for me was like 20 years ago, um, 1996, 97, um, websites were written entirely in HTML and it was a lot of fun if you're weird like me, um, but it was also very tedious. So everything had to be repeated. You know, you had to tell something that it was a list item and tell it it was a list item and every list item had to have all of the code around it. If you wanted it bold, um, you had to make, you had to wrap all of that bold texting around all of the, the text. So 20 years ago, not only was I writing all those websites in HTML, but every single element on the page had to be individually styled. So every time I wanted red to use red text, I had to wrap that text in HTML code that made it red. And now that was tedious. So fortunately, um, about 97, 98, um, well, fortunately we were, we were really limited back then. I mean, so you're writing everything by hand, but browsers were really limited in what they could display. So the coding, which was tedious, wasn't really huge. I mean, we were basically limited to things like bold and italic, um, font sizes. Uh, we, we had a limited palette of colors. We didn't have all the colors that you have now. You know, back, you kids don't understand what you, how good you have it. And um, maybe we could add, you know, this uh, a, a picture of rocks as a divider line. And if, if you've been around the web long enough, you've seen those rocks. You know you have. Uh, that was a big deal when we could actually insert photos into a website and, and use it as section dividers. And then, and then we had blinking text. Um, but until the nightmares of the blinking text actually completely fade from my memory, we're just going to pretend that blinking text, dancing babies, and flying toasters never happened, okay? But they were out there. Now, it didn't take long before some enterprising coder out there decided we needed a faster, more efficient way to add all of the styling without having to type, you know, the color red over and over and over and over again. So this is where CSS, also known as cascading style sheets, and that's a topic for another podcast. Um, CSS, that's where CSS comes into the picture. Now, now we can move all of the style information into a separate document and use the HTML just to tag the text with things like heading, bold, list items, um, you know, testimonial, um, div wrappers, that sort of thing. So I'm sure you're thinking, but wait a minute, I thought we were talking about HTML in this episode. Well, I am, but honestly, HTML without CSS is like soup without salt or bikes without pedals, right? You can, you can do one without the other, but it's, they're pretty integral to one another. So the nice thing is that you can learn HTML separately from CSS but if you're going to learn both of them, you really do need to start with learning HTML first before you learn CSS. So at this point, I'm sure that a lot of you, your eyes have glazed over. And, and if you're listening into listening to this in a car, maybe you've caused a car accident because I've just put you to sleep. And it probably sounds terribly complicated. And it can be, 
which is why platforms like WordPress, Wix, Weebly, and the like are so popular now, because they allow people that don't know HTML or CSS to create a website. And you don't actually need to know the HTML to use those tools, but you can just use plain old WordPress to build a website. You don't need to know it. Why? Because WordPress and the theme designer have done all of the HTML and CSS work for you. So all you really have to know is the text editor stuff. So why might you need to know HTML if WordPress is going to take care of all of it for you? Well, on occasion, you'll need to add some button code to a page or you'll need to tweak the contents of a widget or you'll need to add a no follow link on um, a, a page. If you're using affiliate links, you'll definitely want to add no follow. And understanding the HTML in that, in that little bits of code, you'll understand what it is you're adding what ha maybe how to fix it if it's not displaying properly, if it's not working properly. Um, things like understanding HTML will tell you that if you add button code and it doesn't work right, uh, that it might just be that you're missing one of the little pointy brackets somewhere. So um, knowing enough HTML to be able to add these little bits of code um, to troubleshoot some of these little bits of code is handy. Uh, you might also be interested in designing your in own theme or maybe just editing your theme a little bit. Um, maybe you're just interested in changing the colors, in which case you'll want to learn CSS. But if you're going to learn CSS, you again, you kind of need to know the HTML so that you understand what CSS is actually doing and what it's doing it to. So you can also find out an awful lot of information about, say, somebody else's website um, by looking at the source code. And you can view the source code in most browsers now by, there's usually a, a link somewhere on the menu to view the source code. So if you've got, if you found a website that you really, really like and you're wondering what theme they're using because you maybe would like to use that theme or something similar, you can usually go into the source code and find it, but you have to understand enough about the HTML code to know where to look. Uh, you can also find out what they're doing, um, what things are going on. The other, the other good use is if you suspect that maybe a plugin is adding either some malware or a whole bunch of hidden links, um, and you're trying to figure out, you know, why why Google maybe. Um, punishing you for having uh, hidden links or hidden text on your site somewhere and you didn't know, uh, being able to look at the source code and read through it to find out where that stuff is at will be really handy. Um, another nice place to use it that isn't website specific uh, is that there are some email providers like Aweber um, that will allow you to put HTML in your emails. So when you're sending out a big blast email or a newsletter, you can add HTML, add hyperlinks, um, and basically gussy up your email so that it looks pretty fancy, and then send that to your subscribers. So HTML is a pretty handy language to know. And it is, honestly, it is the language of the web. So if you're willing to learn it, you're going to be able to do an awful lot more online than if you don't know how to use it. Now that brings us to where to learn HTML. 
Now you can go to your local community college and you can sign up for a course on web design and HTML. And that's going to cost you some money. But the, the upside to taking it at a college is there's going to be a tremendous amount of accountability. Every week you have to show up for class and have done the readings and have done the homework. And that's going to keep you on track and doing the work. You also have access to your instructor where you can ask them questions right there in class and get an answer immediately. And if you don't understand the answer, you can ask a follow-up. So if you're really wanting to learn HTML in a great deal of depth to become a web developer, an actual college course is not a bad idea. Um, if you're like me though, and you don't want to wait for the next semester or the next quarter um, to start, or maybe you just want to learn enough HTML to sort of, you know, add things to your widgets or troubleshoot things, and so you don't want to spend a lot of money on it, then there are um, uh, several options for you out there that are free, that are online, and that are actually quite good. Now my favorite, hands down, is on Coursera. And I might be mispronouncing that, but I pronounce it Coursera. Um, and there will be a link to the course on Coursera that I'm recommending. Now, Coursera has more than one course on HTML, but the one that I'm recommending is titled Introduction to HTML5. Yes, we've been through one through four. Um, and it's created by the University of Michigan, and it's taught by uh, Colleen Van Lent, who has a PhD. So University of Michigan, it is from a university um, instructor. Now I've worked through most of the CSS course and through quite a bit of the HTML course by Ms. Van Lent. And I'm really blown away with how good she is as a lecturer. Um, she's clearly mastered the art of teaching. Her teaching style is conversational. Um, yes, she uses big words on occasion, but she makes sure to explain them. She makes some of the more difficult concepts easy to grasp. And um, as an example, in her CSS course, her explanation of the difference between display block versus inline block versus inline was probably the best explanation I've ever come across. And it was actually a really good thing for me to hear again from somebody else's viewpoint. Uh, she, her pacing is good. Her examples are um, instructive and her teaching style, her speaking style is understandable and clear. I, you know, I, I've been doing websites for a long time now and I still learn a couple of new things by watching her courses and, or at least I learn new ways of describing some of the concepts. I just, I really cannot say enough good things about this course. Um, and to make it even more appealing, it's free. Yes, you can pay a fee and get a certificate at the end of it, but Coursera also allows you to audit the course for free. And it's offered on a, um, a continuing basis. About every, every couple of weeks, they start up a new session. So if you've missed it, um, you only have to wait a couple of weeks before the next session starts. If you end up, you know, getting worried or, or you know, getting overworked or, you know, something happens in the family and you have to interrupt your study, um, you can just pick up the next time they offer the course.
So it's really handy. And of course it's all online for you, which is fabulous. Um, I have a local graphic designer friend here in town who um, wants to add HTML to his skill list. And I recommended the course to him. Um, he's tried a couple of other courses, but he always ended up kind of lost at the very beginning part. Like, you know, when they get into the, Hey, you need a text editor. And his question is, what is a text editor and how do I use it? Um, and they never quite go into that in the course. In this course, they do actually go into the absolute basics, basics that you need to do, um, HTML and web style. So um, a really quick review of the syllabus for the course is, you know, in week one, they get started with the intros of what HTML is and, and the joke of, you know, well, what happened to HTML4 um, and the evolution of HTML. And they also talk about um, what browsers are um, and how to use a text editor to create an HTML file. Um, so it really does start at the very, very, very basics which is good. It kind of assumes that you don't know anything about this. Um, and again, it's the introduction to HTML5. So it's a really, that's really handy because a lot of people who are starting with HTML have no computer programming background at all. Um, by week two, you get started on some coding. Um, you're going to learn what HTML tags are. That's all the stuff inside the pointy brackets. Um, as well as how to handle images and hyperlinks and tables. And there are plenty of projects for you to practice on and places for you to go in and play with the code. Um, by the week three, they go into um, how you validate it. Um, designing for accessibility, which is for people who have uh, visual or movement impairments. Um, so they're not seeing a browser the way that um, the fully cited are seeing it. Um, they also talk a little bit about hosting and file transfer and some of the other stuff that uh, web designers are going to need to know. You may not need to know all of that stuff in week three, but there are items in week three that I think are really good to know. The, the accessibility and the file transfer stuff is, is pretty important. And we've covered both of those on the uh, WordPress Help Twins uh, podcast in earlier episodes. So as introduction courses go, this one is pretty comprehensive and it covers a lot of useful skills and tools that you're going to need to get started with HTML. Now, if you want access to an online reference and a free online course that doesn't have videos and the Coursera stuff uses a lot of video lecture and some forum stuff where you can go in and ask questions, there's another one out there, um, by w3schools.com. And that's another way to go. Um, what they do is they will walk you through the HTML concept by concept. Uh, there's no lectures. It's, it's, you read a little bit and you code a lot and the coding is on their website. So you can see the changes live. Um, there's, you can go in and play with the text, um, live and you don't have to worry about breaking anything. Um, it's just their site. You can't break it. Uh, the W3 school site also acts as a really good reference for HTML. So if you want to see, um, you know, like what some of your options are with that. So I, again, that's another option and you can, you can do both. There's no reason why you can't do both. Sometimes doing both is for some people, they learn better by listening for others. They learn better by reading. So, uh, this will cover, um, 
options for, for your learning style. Um, I mentioned uh, text editors earlier, and I have a couple of free recommendations for you. Uh, a text editor differs from a word processor in that it doesn't add any extra styling. When you look at a Word document, there's a lot of markup that you don't see that's in there, um, but it helps with the look of the document and the way it's displayed. Uh, things like heading and bullets and, you know, paragraphs and indents, all of that stuff is, is inside that Word document. Um, what that means is you can't use a Word document to create an HTML document because the markup that Word uses is not the same as the markup you use on a website. So there's there's just too much extra stuff that Microsoft adds. Um, WordPress right now does a pretty good job of when you cut and paste into their um, uh, page editor section, uh, WordPress is pretty good at stripping a lot of that WordPress gunk out of there doesn't always, but you cannot write an HTML file using Microsoft Word. So what you want is a program that creates only text and nothing but text. And there are several text editors out there that you can pay money for, um, but I'm assuming that you only just want to learn HTML, not become a web developer. So in that case, you don't need all of the bells and whistles that a web developer would need in a text editor. So for Windows, I highly recommend a program called Notepad++, and that's two plus signs. So it's not the Notepad program that comes with Windows, which you can use to create an HTML document. Notepad++ is really designed for writing code, um, and it's an amazing piece of software, and that, that it's free is even more amazing. Um, I used it extensively when I still used Windows computers, and I know a lot of uh, developers out there who code that still use Notepad++. Uh, it's available from the web as a download, and I'll have a link to that on the show notes. For Mac, um, for a free text editor, I recommend Text Wrangler. Um, while it's not as powerful as Notepad++ um, or any of the paid apps, it still does a really good job of everything you need to do for learning HTML. And it's available on the iTunes Store. And again, it's free. So just go to iTunes, look for Text Wrangler. It'll be there. I'll also include a link to um, iTunes for Text Wrangler. So links of all, all of this is going to be on the show notes for uh, um, this podcast on pintsizedsites.com. So I hope you um, are, I hope this interests you in exploring HTML a little bit. You don't have to, again, you don't have to become a web developer, but it's really handy if you understand the basics of what's going on in HTML. It will really help you with um tweaking your WordPress website, um, doing your emails, um, and troubleshooting stuff. It's not as complex or intimidating as a programming language um, because HTML isn't strictly a programming language. It's just markup. Um, and it comes in really handy. So it's just really kind of code light. It's a good introduction. 
So that's all for this episode. And I want to thank you all so much for listening. If you have questions or comments, be sure to visit the website at pintsizedsites.com. Uh, go to the podcast for links to this episode and you'll find the show notes in there. You'll also find um, all the earlier episodes too. If you enjoyed this episode, I would really love it if you would pop on over to iTunes or Stitcher or your podcast service of choice and leave me a review. Five stars would be great, but I'm not going to push you for five stars. Just a rating and a review would be great. Leaving a review makes it um, easier for other people out there who are looking for this information to find this program. Now, if you have a question you would like answered, um, go to pintsizesites.com, look in the top menu for the ask a question link, uh, fill out the form and leave your name if you are so inclined, and I will find an answer to your question in a future episode. So thanks again for listening. Until next time, I'm Kelly Wise, and you've been listening to the Pint Sized Podcast, website and WordPress help for small businesses. Mm-hmm.